Everyone, welcome to uh, this podcast. Me and Penn. How are you, Penn? Doing good. We're all raring to go. Yes, we've been um, excited about doing this. We just wanted to have a different feel and have a, a podcast around our Bible studies, which we've been doing every other week, uh, called 10 Reasons Why. We'll explain that in a wee minute, but it's really great that you're joining us tonight. It's going to be fun. It's just half an hour. We're just going to cover over some of the main things, have a conversation about some of the stuff that we've been learning as a church and really hope you're going to find it super interesting. So, 10 reasons why. Uh, just if you're following us and you want to follow it, I'll just look up and go, you can get these notes. So there's notes. You did these, didn't you? I did. Every week. There's notes that Penny has prepared um, that follow the subject that we're doing. You can get them at office at exchangechurchbelfast.com. So if you just send an email in every week that we do this, you can get the notes and all the verses and all the main points. Dead interesting and it'll help you. And if you, it's like, it's like one of those things, you know, it's in 10 parts and it turns into an aircraft carrier. Remember those? No, like, you do. no I never... Uh... Remember those magazines she used to get? Right. Farts. Yes. Okay. Remember like those? every week and put it in a wee folder. Put it in a wee folder. Yes, you should get a free folder at the start. Yes. That'll be good. And we should charge for them. Should we do that? No, maybe not. Okay. So so let's let's talk about the ten reasons why. Um I I think it's a great title. I think it works. Like uh ex- explain to me, you know, why you think that that's a great title for people to be, you know, looking through the Bible at. You know, it was just the the thought of what are the things that people are struggling with. Why I suppose from us, you know, we're working all the time with people who don't know God. We see loads of people who are just struggling with loads of different things, and yeah. it feels like, you know, I know I've got answers. I know that where I go when I need help. Um, so it's kind of like, right, how do we how do we draw the lines for people? How do we make it more obvious that actually there are there's there's somebody who can help them? Yeah. So it's pointing people to Jesus. That's basically it. I, I love the idea of, um, you know, when every, every time we preach or we speak in church and I do genuinely, it goes through my head, right? I go, like, I want people to walk away every Sunday going, there was something there that really helped me. Okay. And not just, you know, that whole thing of like, you know, you know, the, the way I, there's people who will always say to you, oh, that's really good. I've heard that before. You know, it's like the preacher's nightmare, you know, like you're, uh, you've, prepared something and somebody goes, I love the way Joseph Prince teaches that. And you're like, seriously, shut up, you know. Um, but because you want people to come away, not with this kind of understanding of like what one person says versus, but you know that thing of going, can you not just grasp something which is going to make a difference in Tuesday? Because like the world is, is increasingly crazy, right? And, and what we're having to face and what we're going through. And so I guess, you know, for me, I think this is really important because I go, um, like the real challenges that people have like who am I what's the point where am I going what about loneliness what about when I'm sick what about my money all that stuff if, if we're not getting the answers to that through the lens of, of what the Bible says and what God's grace says right then I don't know I, like I think we're in trouble so uh, so I think it's going to work I think it's going to go well yeah I hope it's so I hope it's so yeah now you know by trying the other thing is now you have to say you you like we need to agree because I do tend to talk a wee bit, but I'm a preacher. So like, what do you expect? Um, so no, on a Sunday, you have that face, 
right for people who are listening penny has a face that whenever i uh say the wrong thing but the thing is i never know when my face is all or not because to be honest you always make it i've got the don't say that face so yeah well i'll just say yeah. andrew shut up okay andrew shut up works for me all right so where do, where do you want to start um in the in the first week we talked all about you know that whole thing of being transformed yeah you know what's that what does that mean to you well i think what i started to realize was so many of us are coming to church every week and we're here like truths and we go wow god's got so many promises there's so many incredible things that i want to hold on to because god actually he loves me he's my father he's got good things for me in life and yet sometimes it feels like there's a gap between what i'm hearing yeah. and what i'm experiencing so for me it's like how do we help people really take what truth is and actually see it come to pass in their lives so rather than people i feel We've been doing church for a long time and at times people feel just frustrated because they know God's good yeah. and they know that he's faithful. But it's sometimes they start going, but I'm not seeing it yet. Yeah. And then they start to question, is there something wrong with me? What, you know, why is this? And so I think the whole thing of seeing people's lives transformed, it doesn't happen overnight. But there are things that we can do to start to actually take hold of God's promises and realize that you know, we're here, God's created us for a purpose to reveal his glory that's been yeah. around us. So how, how do we make that happen? I suppose the, the, the truth of it is, right? Like as you and I know, um, if you think through all the things that we've been through, like just from being married, the whole thing around kids, starting a church, to, you know, <laughs> felt like disasters with church and all that sort of stuff. You know, which I think it's just probably kind of normal when you do what we do. Um, it's like every one of us has a has times when we doubt the goodness of God, and I, I don't care who you are. I, I think the truth of it is we all know, right? There's there's a point where stuff is pressing in on us and it becomes difficult, and we're left with this this question, right? It's like is God really good all the time? Like what is God's heart for me? Like you know how can I be convinced that whatever the challenge is, that God is always good all the time? Because you know the, the, that whole Thing of living a life of blessing, living a life of favor, and is is a real is a real challenge, particularly in the days that we're in, isn't it? That's like, you know, if, if we don't believe that, then I don't know what we're going to believe, because, you know, if we that, and that's what we want, where we want to find our encouragement through these weeks, isn't it? To go, what's the challenge? What's difficult? And then what does the word say about it? Yeah, absolutely. Because I think we've already got to the stage where we were like, as Christians, we've got to be different. We've got to be the ones who've got hope. We can't just come, it's not a case of just coming alongside people and going there, 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 empathy and all that. Yes, we want to sympathize and understand what people are going through. But if, we, if we're if we just patting them on the shoulder saying, I know it's terrible, but we can't offer anything else, then we're not revealing God. We're not bringing hope. We're not bringing light. So how do, how do we do that? And for me, I've just realized that like, I need to surround myself with the truth of God's word. Because like you say, so much stuff is going to come in to challenge it. To make me doubt it and I was listening to something recently by Bill Johnson he was talking about people who had kind of got to the end of their you know Christian walk you know before they'd sort of gone to glory and he's like what set people apart the ones who have just run the race and others who've just sort of somewhere along the line just lost their way and the students he'd done some research and talked with a whole load of people and he was talking to people who and actually made an effort to meditate on scripture, to memorize scripture, to actually have scripture come alive within them. And it's like, that that was the thing that set people apart. 
those people who just knew God's word, not just knew it in their heads, but knew it, experienced it, and it almost became who they were. And so I was like, how do we help people within the church? Not just hear things, but I think the problem is we have so much information. We're bombarded all the time by information. We're scrolling. We're looking at things. We're, we'll love that verse, love that. But actually, is it becoming alive within us that when pressure comes, it, it's, it's who we actually are. Yeah. It just comes out of us yeah. rather than actually that's not true anymore because this is my experience. But actually, we, we stand and we hold on to it no matter what comes and we're not shaken. I know it's interesting because like, I, I, I think, you know, pr pressure particularly has a really interesting way of showing you what's really inside you. You know, the way we all have these ideas about who we think we are, right? Or who we'd like to be. You know, I, I think I'm this, I think I'm that. And, you know, the Bible says in Psalm 185, verse two, blah, blah, blah. There is no Psalm 185, verse two. <laughs> But you know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, it's like you have all these great ideas, but then something happens, right? And something something presses in. And and those are the moments where you actually know what you believe. Mm -hmm. Okay, and I suppose, like, in this series, trying to guide people to go, there are promises in God's word mm -hmm. which are true mm -hmm. no matter what. Mm -hmm. No matter what's going on, no matter who you are, no matter where you've been, when God says something, he's not a liar. And, you know... You can actually test your response to how much you're trusting God by how you respond versus his promises, right? Yeah. So if it's like when the Lord says, don't fear and you, because I'm going to provide for you. Mm -hmm. But then people live in fear because they look in the natural and go, I can't make ends meet, right? And then you kind of realize, actually, there's a gap here. Mm -hmm. You know, that thing of, uh, I was saying in church recently about, you know, that thing of fear is when you look into the future and you go, you know, when you feel fear, which is just an anxiety, it's a feeling, but it's because you're looking at something based on your, mm -hmm. like our, our ability. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, if you think back to whenever we were talking to the doctors about kids, remember that, and, and going and getting tested and conversations, and you're looking at that situation going, we can't do anything about that. Mm -hmm. There's nothing physically, naturally or whatever. And so all of a sudden in that gap, you feel afraid. Right, and it's that gap. I suppose that's really important for us to mm -hmm. to try to figure out in this season. Is in the and in, in ten reasons why is to go. What's the gap, and what does God say about that? Mm -hmm. You know, in fact, it's not even the gap. We've got to get away from first of all looking at it through our lens, right? To to go, mm -hmm. what does He say first? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like almost getting the glasses around the right way, not to go. I do it. You know that old thing, <laughs> like you do your bit, and then God will do the rest. Like that's complete nonsense, isn't it? It's God's done it because those He's done it, right? And trying to, trying to reframe that. I suppose it's our thinking, is that we're going to talk a lot about thinking. Absolutely. And I think probably from us doing the business, that's what we've realised, like we're talking to people all the time about their thinking and how their thinking affects their emotions and that, yeah. that's affecting their behaviours. But we recognise in the church and it's almost like pulling the two together because we help people reframe their thinking and we help people manage their thought life. But actually, without knowing the truth without knowing yeah. god's word then you just managing things yeah. whereas actually what we want to do whenever we know what the truth is and that's the foundation that we build everything else on so we build our thoughts around what god says yeah and then what we'll find is our emotions rather than having the fear our emotions will start to follow because they're based on what truth is yeah and then actually we'll be able to behave in ways we'll be able to, be able to step out in faith yeah and believe for things I suppose it's just like, for me, one of my favorite verses is, you know, John 10, 10, which probably we all know, like the thief came to steal, kill and destroy. But Jesus said, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. Yeah. 
So that's what his promise is to us. And so how do we help people walk into that? How do we help our minds be set? Like you say, no, no matter what's coming at us, yeah. knowing that actually this is what God has for me. He's with me. He's never going to leave me. He's never going to forsake me. I, you know, just all of those things just been so much a part of us that we don't get tossed around. We don't, you know, crumble at the slightest thing. So, okay. So hearing that, right, we want to get practical. What, what do you think? I mean, do you think that thinking is the missing link here? Is I, 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 I've listened, right? I, I've listened. Like when the Lord moves, he moves in our new, in spirit, right? So we're made brand new in, in our spirit, man, right? And uh, that word pneuma. Like the church, people in the church at times have been really churlish around the whole thing of thinking because they kind of go, I, it's all that mad psychology stuff, right? And um, we don't do psychology because, you know, because I actually don't know why, but they just go <laughs> like, oh, that's not Christian or something, right? And, but it does say in Romans 12, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, yeah. right? And I kind of believe that God made us body, soul, and spirit. Mm-hmm. I believe that the work of salvation, the renews is done in our spirit. That's the eternal bit of us. Mm-hmm. But our, our mind's important. I mean, Paul wouldn't have said in Romans 12, like uh, the transformation comes when we renew our mind to the truth of what God has done in us, yeah. right? So that whole thing of thinking and how we process, process the world around us through God's grace, yeah. right? is critical, isn't it? To actually seeing ourselves live free. I mean, yeah. like like that whole thing of thinking, I think is, is it's probably key. I know you look, you love it because yeah. you're always... <laughs> buying books and uh, reading around this stuff. Yeah. And it's not like se- secular psychology, if you like, runs a, runs a course so far and it can't, you know, you know, the, it, there's just an end point with it where it doesn't go right to the depth of who we are as people because that's, that's what Jesus does when he saves us. But there's loads of stuff there that's helpful. Absolutely. And I think, I think what we realized in the Bible study was um, how... I think I always realized it was a bit of a gap for a lot of Christians and practically how do we how do we do this? How do we renew our minds? And then when we were doing the Bible study the other week, it was it was like light bulbs were going on in people. It was from reading the verse. I'm gonna read it out here. Um because it's a verse that probably lots of people have heard lots of times, but it suddenly just became alive to loads of people in the room. And I thought, gosh, it, it, this is this is really showing me maybe what I felt for so long in terms of the, the missing piece with people. So in 2 Corinthians 2.10, it says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And I, I remember the other night saying to people, you know, look, look at the language that's being used here. We demolish arguments. That's That's strong language that's and it's not what I recognize is that this is not a passive thing if you really want to renew your mind it's not just a case of oh I'll just read this bible verse over once or twice this actually is first of all we've got to we've got to recognize what are the arguments that are against what God says what are the lies the false beliefs that we have because all of us do all of us are believing things that are not what God wants us to believe we've all you know, been brought up in a fallen world. We've heard lots of things. We've, you know, reacted in lots of different ways to things. So there's lots of things that are setting themselves up against the knowledge of God. So first of all, we've got to start to identify that. You know, what is it that I, why is it that I feel negative about certain things? Well, how, how do you identify it? 
how's it work for you? I think for me, it's like, well, when I'm starting to feel a bit either cynical about something or either afraid about something, whenever we've got those measures, I can physically feel it too. I can physically feel it, right? Probably that's what you sense first, isn't it? You, you feel a bit down, you feel, and it's like, well, well, why am I feeling like this? And I think what I've started to realize is like, if I'm feeling something, it's coming from a thinking. So what have I been thinking? Have I been approaching the situation? Have I been approaching it with a positive attitude? It's not just like cross your fingers, but am I believing God in this situation? Am I believing that he is good, that he's going before me, that he's got the answers for me? But if you're feeling probably negative, you're probably not. Yeah. So what's interesting there, what you're saying is like you recognize the feeling for it. Because I, I think that's why most of us live, isn't it? Yeah. You kind of go, and I, I think this is where like we can really help people and help ourselves mm -hmm. because mo most of the world goes, I feel Right, and they recognise the feeling like I'm anxious, I'm afraid, I'm fed up, I'm angry, I'm whatever. Right, so I feel, and then my behaviour sort of happens. Right, so um, if I'm feeling anxious, my behaviour will look a certain way, or or whatever. So feelings and behaviour just rattle off each other dead quick. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting to see the world says this, isn't it? I mean, yeah, like our our feelings are rooted in our thinking. thinking. Yeah. So we think, we feel, and then and we behave. behave. Yeah. So like, instead of, you know, and I've been trying to do this more and more, it's like, recognize, and I think we've got better at this, haven't we? Absolutely. Recognize it's recognizing that, right, I'm uptight, or I'm a bit anxious, so or I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting irritated, what am I thinking, I'm agitated, yeah. what's going on? Yeah. So it's like, taking that step back, but then once you're starting to recognize, right, well, this is what, this is what I'm thinking about it, Yeah. then it's going, okay, it's questions, right, well, why am I thinking this? Because yeah. what is truth saying? Yeah. What does God say about it? Because my feelings aren't aren't the truth. Yeah. I, I think that's a biggie, isn't it? It's like, if we're going to be transformed, at some point, we're going to have to go. It's like, not, I'm not going to ignore my feelings because my feelings are, are giving me an important reflection on on something and that's how I'm seeing what's going on. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Kind of makes sense to me. It's like, because you can't, you can't say to people, just don't. Don't feel it. I know. Because of course you're going to feel it. Well, it's not denying your feelings. Actually, your feelings are there to help you. They're indicators yeah. of something's wrong here. Yes. Something's, but it's not to then be fearful or panic or try and change those feelings. It's right, okay, let's have a look at my thoughts then. Yeah. And recognizing that once you start to work out what the thoughts are and how they're not lining up with what God says, what truth is. Yeah. Because sometimes I think we think, well, this is who I am. This is just, well, I'm always like this. I am a bit of a warrior. You know, the map people I hear who go, Oh, but that's just me. I'm a bit of a warrior. I, I just get a bit anxious with that. I just like to be in control. I just like to be this. And we kind of like rationalize it almost. But that's why we've got to go. But no, as a new creation, this is who God says I am. I might not feel any of these things, but this is actually the truth. Yeah. And this is my starting point. So now if this is what is true and I don't feel it yet, then there's something, there's a gap with my thinking. Yeah. So that that's for me is that 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 next bit it's like taking every thought captive. So we actually have to go right. Okay, what is this thought? Is this from God? Yeah. Is it truth? It isn't. I I love that. I see that whole thing of taking every thought captive. Mm -hmm. That um, fascinates me because I um like I've said to you before, and probably anyone who's listening, you know, you kind of go take every thought captive. Right, I'm not going to be afraid. I'm still feeling really afraid. Right, don't be afraid. It's like doesn't work. It's like I've got anxious thoughts. Well, don't, you know, um, remember that there was a Saturday Night Live thing that um, my friend Robin Mark uh, used to love. It was the guy who could heal you for $5 or cure you for $5. And so he was like a, 
psychiatrist and he, you come into the room and uh, he would sit down and, he, and he'd say, right, well, give me the $5. So he put the $5 down and this woman started to explain, like, I feel really anxious. And he said, well, just stop it. Right? And she said, I know, but I wash my hands all the time. Just stop it. And everything she said, he just went, stop it. Like, but I feel like really, I'd, just stop it, right? And it, and it goes on and on. It's it's hilarious. But there's that thing of going, like, I think as a church, we've gone, yeah, just stop it. You're a Christian now, just stop it. But that thing of renewing your thinking, that's what Paul says, isn't it? In Romans 12, he, he spent that time going through particularly chapters 1 to 7, or 1 to 8, talking about the grace of God. I mean, that is master theology, is, is Romans 1 to 8, right? It's just the like the masterpiece of God's grace, explaining righteousness by faith and dead to sin alive to Christ, all that sort of stuff. And then he says, now, uh, therefore, in, in view of all of this stuff, be transformed by the renewing of your mind to what grace has done. And so I, I think there's a wee gap there. I think, um, remember I read that book, um, it's actually back, I call Martin Seligman. Oh, the, uh, learned, opt uh, learned Optimism. Yes. Now, this might freak some, but 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 look, if you, if you, if anyone has ever gone, or oh Lord, I want my mind to be renewed and I want to be transformed, but I just don't. And telling me to renew my thoughts didn't change anything. I I had this moment uh, when I heard this stuff the first time, and and this guy Seligman, remember he talks about like recognizing the patterns in your thinking, mm -hmm. and he talked about three P's, mm -hmm. and um, I'm all of them. So I was like, I'm a complete wreck, right? Because I'm just all of them nearly most of the day. And uh, so w which ones apply to you? Do, you? do you think, if I if I asked you, right, can you remember this? No? Yes, no, so permanence. Okay, so per first one's P for personal. So like recognizing your thinking, when do you make things, we tend to make things personal even though they're not, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, so if somebody does a certain thing, mm -hmm. right, or behaves a certain way, we then take it personally. Like they did that because I'm rubbish or they did that because they don't like me or they, but we, we, we rush to make things about us first, yeah. right? And that's never good, right? Yeah. <laughs> and because you end up getting uh -huh. a wee bit paranoid and yeah. like destroys relationships, but we make things personal when they're not personal. I, I, I think leading church have me discovered that, that sometimes people just do stuff because it was there's so much stuff going all within people's lives that, that we don't know about and then often we're thinking oh it's all to do with me well, yeah. actually it's not yeah but underneath it all i know that you know a lot of psychology would talk about how you can have all of these sort of negative thoughts but actually often they're all rooted in one or two or three things like dominant thoughts two or three dominant thoughts yeah and one of them is that thing of why oh, i'm just unlovable yeah. so again when we're making things personal it's probably because half the time we're going oh but Nobody ever likes me, or I'm oh, I was the one that yeah. gets left out, or it's just because you know I was never picked at school. Yes, so that I was picked at school, but for people who weren't, probably made them really sad. But uh, not for the choir. No, no, I, you shouldn't bring that up. It'll make me upset. Um, I wasn't allowed to sing in the choir. I was allowed to be in the choir as long as I didn't sing, which was a stroke of genius when you think about it. It's a stroke of genius from the teacher. Hey. I don't want to upset you, so stand there, but just don't open your mouth. So I, I, I still, I was like two years, P6 and P7, miming to everything. And I've actually got quite a good voice. What do you say? There you go. She had one, of course, she sweetheart. Yeah, so that, that P for personalization, it's like, tell her, remind ourselves 
that some people just do stuff and you happen to be in their orbit but you know really recognize like if you get the feeling of being on the other end of somebody's behavior because you've made it personal you've got to recognize it right the second p was um when we were taught by reunion minds is was permanence right and that feeling of this is never gonna change this is just the way that it is like permanent sort of language sounds like you know just you know this is my lot um you know and religion will kind of keep people locked in that it's like you've no hope that anything could ever be something different because normally there's something wrong with you yeah right and and we tend to interpret things that way it's called a explanatory style isn't it yeah. it's like and the interesting thing about that because there's like dominant thoughts there's the one of i'm i'm unlovable but the other one is like i'm helpless yeah so it's that sense of like what can i do like you're feeling a victim in things mm. and yet we know that in christ goes on i can do all things mm. yeah. so it's that but you know we believe in a lie in certain situations that we can do nothing about it. It's never going to get better. It's just the way it is. And so if we can start to identify those lies, and often there's lots of similar thoughts going on, but um, it's it's sort of based around the same thing. Yeah. So it's trying to go right, okay, but this isn't because truth says I can do all things because Christ strengthens me. Yeah. Right, so the the last P is pervasiveness. Mm-hmm. So to to kind of take captive every thought it's probably just slowing down isn't it going personal did i make that personal even though it's not am i believing that something is just the way that it's never going to change i'm helpless bit of a victim and the last one is pervasiveness which is like i i think pervasiveness particularly i think that's why god's grace is so amazing right because pervasiveness is the sense of if permanence is about time pervasiveness is about space right so let's just say like you know the way sometimes I do things at home maybe not the way that you would like them done sometimes yes well quite a lot of the time like like, like this week um, this week I did the shop remember I did the shop when you were away with your mum dad yes the meatballs were in the freezer um, like how, how dare I how dare you put the meatballs in the freezer that's like we're around the house today looking for meatballs where else was I going to put them other than in the freezer? Anyway, so like something like that, okay, lesson learned, right? But something like that would be, um, you know, I, I'm absolutely, so the pervasiveness would go, I'm really rubbish at, at being a, a dad. And oh, you go, I'm rubbish at doing the shopping. I'm never doing the shopping again. Yes. Happy which, is, which is what I should be doing, right? Just saying, seriously, I'm rubbish at it, love. That's why you put them in the freezer. That's it. I should have hidden them somewhere else under the sofa. But, um, but you know, I think a pervasiveness is about space. Like, if we get something wrong in one area, it's it's, it's quite condemnatory. It's that feeling of I'm just bad at everything. Yeah, which it's funny because it, that links into the, like the third lie that a lot of people believe about themselves is I'm worthless. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's and so it, that's that's a big one, and you kind of start to see then those are the, the three main lies that people latch onto: I'm unlovable, I'm helpless, I'm worthless. Yeah. So even though we can feel like we've got all of these thoughts that we need to take captive, yeah. what psychology would say is actually when you when you boil them all down, all of those thoughts are very they're often very similar, yeah. and they're going to be rooted in what, okay. one or two of those things. Yeah. Um, so once you can kind of then that maybe helps you capture the thoughts a bit better and go right, okay, this is the, the bad stuff that I'm yeah. thinking. But now the amazing thing about knowing Jesus is actually, but now we've got now we've got an answer because truth is that is not who I am. And now I can line myself up with what who Jesus says I am because I was formed 
from before the creation of the world, you know, and I've been made blameless yeah. and I am holy and I am loved and I'm yeah. a God's child and we can start to go, though, this is who I am. Yeah. So whenever all of these other things start to come in, you've got something to counter it with. I suppose, um, just in, in, in finishing up, I kind of go, like, th this series for us is not about, um, like, secular psychology. It's about the truth of God's grace, I think, yeah. and help helping us, encouraging us to, because because like, if you think about it, everything we've got to do is we receive by we receive we have to believe, right? Yeah. Bottom line is, the Lord says you can't work for it, you can't earn it, you've got to believe and receive it, right? But if our minds are a big blocker to that, mm -hmm. it's really hard to, you know, if those patterns, it's just like patterns, isn't it? Like we all have patterns of thinking, mm -hmm. which have been established over years over loads of different things. And I guess, um, you know, as we go through each of these um, different topics week in, week out, you know, it's helping people to go, mm -hmm. like, recognize the pattern of thinking that's been established, because that's actually physical too, isn't it? We'll probably yeah. talk about that. Like physical patterns that form and pathways and all this stuff. And then allow the Holy Spirit to transform you to the truth of God's grace. And then it is like living by faith, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's, uh, you know, because things might not change straight away. I know for me, anytime I hear truth about something, you know, it never kind of, maybe I'm just a slow learner, right? Because I know you're a bit of a swat at times, but I'm a slower learner, but it, it takes me time. Tra being transformed takes time is what I, yeah. you know, the world goes, you should get it. You know, I get in Christians, I, why he shouldn't be doing that because you're a Christian, you should know better. And you kind of go, flipping heck, I just, I got it like Romans 10. I've got to keep for faith to build on me. I've got to keep hearing and uh, hearing mm -hmm. uh, and hearing and hearing. And as my mind is transformed to the truth of grace, mm -hmm. I can live by by faith in in those mm -hmm. promises. Mm -hmm. And yeah, because I, I I don't think I can live in faith unless my mind is transformed to the truth. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, absolutely. And like you say, it's gonna it is gonna take time because we've been so used to doing things a certain way. It's just like driving a car. There's a lot of things that we do on autopilot. And that actually happens in our thoughts as well. Yeah. So I think it's about 50% of our thoughts are just indirect. We don't really think about them. We're just on autopilot. And so when situations occur, we just think what we've always thought about that situation. And if it's a lie, we just reinforce that line. And that's that neuro pathways that have been formed. It's like, that's the easy route. We've got to train our brains to think a different way. So we've got to start being directive in our thinking, yeah. which is we've got to replace it with something else. Yeah. And that's why we so you can't be neutral. You can't be in neutral. You're never in neutral. You're never in neutral. Yeah. So it's either who's listening. thinking or yeah. indirect thinking. Okay. And what we've got to do is start to take some of that indirect thinking where we've just been always thinking the same thing when situations come up and those lies keep coming in like, I'm worthless, I'm useless, I'm helpless. No, that's not who we are. But we've got to train our brains to think differently about it. Yeah. So that taking every thought captive just to finish is like recognize it. Just don't be because the thinking, feeling, behaving. It's like mm -hmm. if I can, if if tomorrow morning I can take in captive every thought. It looks like I recognize it. I can almost label it and go. Yeah. I just made that. I made that personal. That conversation personal. Mm -hmm. But they were being nasty to me. It was just the way I chose to see it. Mm -hmm. Oh, because of whatever reason, right? Mm -hmm. Um. But at least if I can start, it's okay to take it slowly, I think, mm -hmm. you know, and go go on the journey of recognizing, labeling, and then saying, like you see said earlier on, that's not true. That's just my feeling about, or my perception about this situation. 
what is what is the truth of God? What what is the promise of grace for this situation? And I have to learn to replay, put my attention, give my focus to that truth, right? Um, and not just in a kind of mindlessly numbless kind of repeating bits of the Bible, you know, um, but actually being really deliberate and going, I was believing that, Lord, but actually this is the truth. Yeah. And it is like another that conversation with God, isn't yeah. it? I think you're right. It's not about just sometimes we need to say something over and over and over to get it into our heads, but it's actually then saying, but God help me with this because this is what I think, but this is what you say, and I'm going to choose to believe this. And it is that thing of we walk by faith and not by sight because sometimes it can feel so distant from how we're feeling. Yeah. So it feels like a big stretch to believe that about ourselves, but we'll have to actually choose to believe truth, even if it doesn't feel like it fits. The feelings will come soon yeah. And it's that putting on the new man, isn't it? It's like taking off the old, putting on the new. So brilliant. That's, so that's being transformed. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, next week, what are we talking about? We're talking about identity. Identity. Topic. It is a hot topic, isn't it? Slightly controversial, do you think? Could be. Could be. You'll need to tune in and listen, right? Thanks very much.